Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And today's topic is CIO as a simplifier. So what do we mean by that? So we know we already have a lot going on in the world that we are living in from a business standpoint and the life that has changed for us in the last few years. You got more complexity than you ever wanted. And then you also have uncertainty and you have conflict. And it's not just in our lives. It has also penetrated into the business environment. And it is very possible that many people are unable and unwilling to take action. They are uh, having arguments, they are losing it, and, and they are trying to figure out how to go about living their life and, and working in an environment. But then there is business to be conducted, there is work that needs to get done. So what is a CIO doing? Playing the role as a simplifier to essentially make sure that we do not engage in such argumentative speech unless otherwise it's healthy and actually create some good, precise solutions for the employees so that they are more focused and engaged in productive work and not be succumbing to the pressures and or have any hostility get introduced in the environment. So how do you go about doing that? Our guest for today's show is Piyush Chauhan. He's a Group Chief Information Officer with Lulu Group International. Hey, Piyush, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sanjok. Absolutely. The pleasures are. So, so since I've set the stage, Piyush, let's kind of jump in. You know, frankly, on one side, everyone is playing nicely. Nobody says anything wrong to each other. That might look on the surface a good thing, but that also means people are compromising. They're not speaking their mind. And that's what we have seen over the years. Well, but then there could also be situations where people are talking and there is a heated argument. So we could come from a train of thought that, oh, this is healthy conversation. Or it could very well be hostility, which is coming out in open and is being verbalized. How do you know? Is it the productive, healthy argument for the best outcome, or is it somebody lashing out? Sure, and I think you touched upon uh, a few points. Let me kind of build on uh, and then kind of come to the straight answer uh, here. Uh, we live in a VUCA world. Yeah, VUCA as a concept has been there, but I think uh, in, the, in the last uh, few uh, years, uh, or at least in the last decade, this has kind of taken center stage. Nothing is predictable. Everything is volatile. So are decisions. So are outcomes. Yeah. When your decisions and outcomes are so volatile and uh, conflicting in nature, uh, it is so very important that executives uh, need to play a very, very constructive role. And one of the key elements towards this is the word collaboration, right? In the past, collaboration meant uh, I support you, you support me, and then we work towards a common goal, but not uh, not in a digital world. And what 
we have seen and what I'm, I'm seeing when I speak to uh, different board members, when I speak to various CXOs, what I'm seeing is there are conflicting uh, priorities which are coming up. Yeah. So, for example, the, uh, the marketing function wants to control the customer data. The IT or the technology function is the owner of the data platform. The CFO wants to minimize costs. Yeah. Now, in the past, they would kind of work on making this simpler using Collaboratron and say that, look, everybody works towards maximizing the shareholder value and then so on and so forth. But in today's context, the digital outcomes are not very simple as they were in the past. Maybe in, in the past century, it was, it was all very clear saying that let us work towards increasing the revenue, increasing the bottom line, reducing cost, and our job is done. But the business models have been disrupted with the digital coming into play. And that is when the CIO community as such will play a very, very pivotal role. And I'll kind of give you a little perspective. Marketing always believed that they are the custodians of customer data and customer interactions, customer engagement. And logistics always thought, uh, or the backend, uh, the fulfillment, uh, the supply chain, logistics function always thought that my job is to fulfill what the customer needs and I don't need to speak to the customer, not any, any longer. So everybody has to work towards interactions with the customer. Everybody has to, the, the, uh, the finance function needs to make sure that the, finance, the, the modeling of the business is such that it is much more customer oriented. The logistics and the supply chain function need to orient their fulfillment so that they are aligned to the customer vision and experience. The front end, uh, which is sometimes owned by, let's say, the operations and the uh, and the marketing function, they need to work towards making customer experience much better. And so, if you see this context, which I painted for a B two C company, it is very important that there is one glue which is binding all these people together, and that is the CIO. Yeah, and CIO has to basically glue that uh, uh, that kind of customer centric view of saying that how can I bring the entire, uh, entire uh, experience of the customer, build a platform on it, and then try to bring all the functions around it so that you are able to deliver and kind of deliver an experience which is amazing and which is a differentiating factor. And so until unless there is somebody which is a clue, earlier it was CEO which was, which was drawing, uh, driving this agenda, but with digital taking the center stage to it, Sometimes a lot of CEOs are not very conversant with what and how of digital. And that is why I think the CIO as an insider is in the right position to balance this, this dialogue, create value, and then disrupt the model, which some of the other organizations may not be doing. So uh, I don't know if it made sense, but I'm just trying to lay the foundation to our, to our topic of discussion as to how CIO can predominantly be the glue of eliminating some of these, these talks and discussions which are happening, which may not be aligned, but which may be kind of working towards various priorities which are there. No, this is a good response. The only thing I would like to ask further on this, because you touched more uh, a business leader to a business leader, say an IT and a line of business and executive management. You played or your response was more hinting that if there is a disconnect, at that level, then all of that uh, will percolate down and that will create even more chaos and complexity in the lower ranks, if you will. Yep. 
Right. So, so that is a great thing. You mentioned that you could be a glue. And yes, there is an importance for CIO, which is many times undermined and people then face issues. Now, imagine that was being done. And I'm sure CIO has your role. You're every day thinking, how can I be a better glue than yesterday? While that you do that and, and you got alignment, essentially, now comes the point of execution, whether it is within an IT for an IT project or them working with a business counterpart or a business user or a business manager counterpart, but then they are butting heads. And they could be butting heads because of a nuanced thing, because even though you have alignment at the top, when it comes down to execution, people start thinking about things differently at a granular level. What do you do about that? Or in fact, before you do anything, how do you determine if this is essentially healthy debate or is it somebody trying to eat the other person alive? Yeah, and I think that model is changing. And as as the digital transformation uh, is happening across enterprises, one of the things which is happening is, is this, uh, you, me, they uh, uh, kind of a feeling saying that who runs the digital charter? Yeah, and that that to me is the crux of the problem that you're highlighting. There are kind of so I'll I'll give you a very simple example. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll kind of quote some examples from a retail uh, industry as a, as a context. Uh, uh, everybody is moving towards digital commerce or e-commerce as we call it. Yeah. And everybody wants to increase the penetration uh, from a physical world to a digital world. And uh, they want to drive uh, that part of the business much stronger because uh, the customer is moving towards that direction and the experience is moving towards that direction. Now, obviously, people will start questioning uh, in the sense, who owns that channel? The, the guy who is managing the retail operations, which is in the physical format, feels threatened about the new channel. And if you, if, you, if you have silos build across channels, you will always see friction as to how do you allocate resources, how do you manage and balance the kind of priorities between these two channels. And sometimes uh, uh, marketing uh, may spend more in terms of marketing budget on the e-commerce because that is growing and then start shrinking their budget on the... So there will be kind of conflicts that, that will arise. And the way to assess uh, those is how is the board, the executive and the teams behaving towards a priority where business models are changing. The business is either trying to protect its stuff or are they trying to adopt new ways of working? Are they trying to adopt new uh, agile models which will kind of keep them reinventing and disrupting their own ways of working so that you are able to drive change? Yeah, and. To me, that is the biggest bottleneck and roadblock at this point of time for organizations to adapt this digital transformation. And when they are not able to change their ways of working, sometimes the blame uh, starts with various parts saying that uh, the the e-commerce channel will say that uh, marketing is not doing enough to acquire customers. The the e-com channel will say that the logistics and supply chain is not supplying enough to fulfill their orders on time. I, the uh, the e-commerce can say the IT is not prioritizing on the projects which are done by the e-commerce. And so there will be blame game all across. And it is for people to understand that in new ways of working, agile is the, is the mantra that everybody needs to follow. You need to be agile towards working small on, on small projects, 
working more collaboratively with a cross-functional team so that you are able to deliver to that uh, to that common objective of disruption that everybody is battling with. So uh, I think to me, the ways of working need to be changed to kind of understand and remove those blame games and those, those noises which are coming on, which are kind of arise, arising because of the difference in priorities which are out there. And you know that this is not, it is easier said than done, right? I mean, we need to remove it, but the conflict still stays. So what do you see as some of the strategies you adopted, which actually helped you on the ground? One of the things which has always worked is bring everybody uh, on, on the same table. Yeah. And, and, uh, and one of the things what has transitioned over a period of time, and I've seen uh, uh, digital organizations, uh, organizations change, and with digital at the core, uh, it was always believed, and still a lot of organizations still believe that digital is equal to IT. Yeah, and uh, to me, digital is not equal to IT. Yeah, digital is much more than IT. It is IT plus plus plus. Uh, and what you do is uh, in that context is try to have teams. And so I'll give you a very simple example. Any digital native uh, organizations which are which are born in this age, which are kind of scaled up in this age. They don't have. They don't seem to have this kind of conflicts which the non-digital organizations have, and uh, and I think we are we are more talking about about that. So one of the way is how we execute. It has to change drastically, and there are two or three things which need to change in terms of how we execute. It is in an in an execution earlier. It was siloed function uh, or siloed BU setup which was there in in an enterprise in which. There was a marketing function, supply chain function. Uh, there was an operations function and, and so on and so forth, which is own leader, which is own KPIs. And they were all measured on, on slightly different parameters. Unfortunately, in a digital world, when everything is so connected, when there, is, there needs to be data fungibility all across uh, the enterprise, this siloed way of uh, structuring execution will not work. And so you need to have what is known as agile teams. And that is how I have solved the problem, saying that, look, if this is a problem, uh, if this is a project which needs to deliver, let's say, we want to improve the fulfillment function for our customer in e-commerce. Let's say that is a priority which has been set up by the board and the CEO and everybody has worked, worked towards that. Earlier, what would have happened is the supply chain, chief supply chain officer, alongside, let's say, the supporting functions like IT will, will kind of make an take that project as, as an owner of the project and try to deliver it. In today's context, that will not work. Why? Because you need to have touch points with the customer. You need to have touch points with the finance function. So all you need to do is you need to create and constitute a team which is multifunctional. Try to kind of form a team which is multifunctional wherever the touch points are. And once you have formed that as a team and everybody is brought on the same table, on the same table you are bringing ownership of that function and then everybody's working towards that objective of improving the fulfillment experience for the customer, which means it is not only supply chain, it is also marketing, it is also finance, it is also technology, it is also customer service and so on and so forth. And this new way of working, so-called agile teams using digital at the core of it and uh, methodologies which are kind of much more flexible in nature are the only way to solve this problem. So it's a fantastic solution you proposed. When you try to implement it, 
there may be people within the group who will say, I did not sign up for this shift. What do you do? Change them on action or remove them? And that is the biggest roadblock as we see is we are in a stage and I'll give you some data points. I think McKinsey did a, a fantastic research, uh, McKinsey Place for Work uh, research. And they found that uh, by, I think it was during pandemic or pre-pandemic. And so this statistics may have accelerated quite, uh, quite strongly from there is that by 2030, 70% of the jobs will not be of the same form as it is today. Yeah which means that it's, it's not the jobs will not be there, but they will not be in the same form that it is, it is today or they were uh, maybe eight, uh, uh, five, six uh, months back. Yeah. So what is happening is while everybody is talking about VUCA in terms of business model, in terms of, uh, in terms of ability to change the, uh, the operating ways and, and, and so on and so forth, the change in people is much lower than, that, uh, than everybody is expecting. And that is the biggest bottleneck as we speak. People changing their ways of working, people reskilling themselves, people adopting new ways of doing things is the biggest bottleneck around it. Now, how do you solve this as a problem? And one of the ways that I have looked at solving that as a problem is what I call as bimodal people architecture. Yeah, which means that you need to have a team which is much aligned to the new skills which are out there. So, for example, the new ways of working, as I, as, I, as I kind of talked to you about, the new ways of working are keeping digital at the core, making agile as your mantra, making collaboration as, as, your, as your thing in a multi, multifunctional setup, right? That is, that is the whole, whole crux of it. Now, if somebody has, has been in a marketing function for, let's say, two decades and done only marketing, for him to go and uh, get any involvement in the supply chain would 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 feel like you are you are challenging that uh, person's authority or or knowledge in terms of uh, what he or she should be doing uh, in in the future. But that is the reality. So there are those laggards which will always be there in, in every enterprise. There needs to be a set of people who are kind of early adopters. You as a leader, what you do is you put in a small set of people who are flexible, who are agile, who are adopting this change much faster into a smaller team and start asking them to deliver much faster. Because what is happening is the world is moving very fast. Unlike in the past where programs we used to learn for multi years and, um, uh, and things like that, we are talking about months or, or even sometimes days for, for delivery. And so there needs to be a set of people who are much more faster, who are much more uh, uh, kind of agile and then you form that as a team. Once you do that and people start seeing value to it, there'll be more people who will be pollinated towards it. And you keep on making that pie bigger. The bigger pie, when you start, will be on the people who are skeptical, people who are not uh, willing to uh, change. But then over a period of time, when, you, when people see this new way of working, they will start pollinating towards that. And then you start in incentivizing, showcasing, beating the drum around uh, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the employees, and then you will be able to see that change. If after doing such things and giving an opportunity for a lot of people, I'm pretty sure 10 to 15% of the people will still not be able to make that cut. And that, those are the people that you know have to, have, have to be kind of uh, either shown the door or being repurposed for, for something else. And this bimodal architecture is something which a lot of enterprises are doing 
and they're, they're, they're seeing much more benefit. I've done it myself. And that is the only way that I believe that you need to solve rather than having a very org wide so-called change management exercise to say that let us do uh, uh, change management programs and then drive that change slowly over a period of time. To me, that does not work in today's context. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages. And let's build upon what uh, Piyush, you just mentioned about the bimodal. Now, yes, you can put two people, like two sets of people into different uh, you know, uh, tracks, if you will. Some people are innovating and other people are doing the consistent work. Now, one is to say, okay, these two people are doing differently, but it's still the same business. And when you try to tr introduce any innovation, which means you're going to disrupt the status quo eventually at the execution level. And when you do that, that could create even temporarily some hostility, some conflicts. But the user, the end customer who we are all striving to serve simply cannot be party to it and or be exposed to it and their experience should not suffer. And all along in both of these uh, tracks, you still want them to maximize their own individual potential. So one is to say, okay, let's take this bimodal, but what is its impact on the human resource and how do you minimize the conflicts and hostility that comes up? And secondly, all along, how do you make people from both tracks feel that we are allowing them to maximize their potential and allowing them to blossom? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Piyush, we want to do bimodal. It's a proven model. A lot of people have done it. But then when it comes to execution, we still are creating disruption because we want to embrace innovation. And if we cannot say we do not want innovation, otherwise we will perish. So people at the, the human resource level, in the sense as humans, they still would want to feel that they are getting their potential maximized. They are growing and all of that going on while you try to get the business agenda met. Your bimodal approach by itself, does it cut it or there is something more you have to do as part of its implementation to get this ultimate nirvana level outcome? Well, see, the, the reason why this uh, is coming is because of the speed of change. Yeah. Unlike in the past where change have come, uh, people have adopted those change and people did it at their own pace, but no longer. And, and what is happening in this digital world and uh, is that the change is so fast that there is a, a 
sizable chunk of the population within an enterprise which is not able to keep up with the pace. And that's, that's a reality. And that is what is happening. Large, more than 100-year organizations are being challenged by, by, by organizations which are just four, five, seven years old. Yeah. And, and that is the reality and that's the fact. Now, either you can continue to live in that pride that I am a large organization. I have always taken care of people. I've given time for people to be to be uh, comfortable in their uh, in their journeys and we have given them enough hand holding for this change to happen unfortunately that luxury we don't have in this age yeah and that's a brutal fact whether you like it or not and so what is needed and i i can tell you i've worked with the largest uh, retailer in the world it is it, it is an it is a country in itself yeah which means that you you need to make change at a much, much larger scale than it is needed today. Yeah, which means that you need to do things at a much faster pace than it is needed today. But it does not mean that everything has to be changed at that fast pace. So what you do is one, you created that bimodal architecture, which is which is one part of it. Then second, you define those high speed, high velocity, high impact priorities for your enterprise and assign that faster team to that faster projects. I don't think, for example, if we were to, let's say, run a contact center, I, I don't think there is any remarkably new or a disruptive way of running contact center. Only the only, only change is that the mode of interaction with the customer is moving from, let's say, voice to more social interaction, more uh, uh, digital interactions and so on and so on and so forth. So there is very less interaction on, on a large part of your BAU activities. And that is not going to differentiate or create a very, very big competitive advantage for you. You identify areas where your actual competitive advantage lies. How can you disrupt your own self? How can you disrupt your own business model using digital at the core? Identify those fast changing projects, create those small teams because until unless there is a change which is done in a fast way, you will always be laggard. You cannot say that I run a six, six year, seven year digital transformation program. Nobody does that. Maybe in the, maybe 25 years back, people used to have five year strategy. Now people will just laugh if somebody says I have a five-year strategy of what will happen in 2027. It is highly impossible for somebody to gauge what will happen in 2027. And so this bimodal teams architecture aligned to a certain set of business priorities, which are A, looking at very fast-paced, disruptive, innovative projects, and B, a team, a larger team. Maybe the spend out there is bigger. Uh, uh, the, the skills needed are not that cutting edge but doing more or less BAU, but with a twist of agile, with a twist of digital uh, intimacy, digital collaboration and so on and so forth. So that that glue of using digital at the core by improving the productivity and the benefits to the enterprise. So I think to me, these are the things in terms of prioritizing the business outcomes using the bimodal architecture will be able to solve this problem. Now, when you are referring to uh, the areas that the solutions uh, that you mentioned on how to deal with the people side of it, are there anything else or any other areas that you feel are required for an organization to get ready to, for, for this so-called simplification? Because CIO as a simplifier can only do so much. 
if the organization is not ready? What would you do if you were, say, a CIO coming in or as a consulting CIO coming into an organization? Will you clean the house? Will you do something else to set the right tone, the foundation for this transformation to truly happen? Well, uh, my, my three tenets of digital transformation are pivoted around three, three pillars. The first is obviously the technology pillar. You need to revamp the entire technology landscape. You need to look at your business processes uh, uh, with a new pair of eyes, optimize, revitalize, uh, and revamp the processes. And third is the workforce, uh, which I talked about the digitalization of the workforce, the digital transformation digital skills and so forth. Once you do these three things in a, in a way such that you are able to achieve the goal of the digital transformation, something which I do. Now, one of the things which is very foundational in all these three is the use of data. And to me, the organizations which are so-called digital, native digital savvy are the organizations where data as such is democratic in nature. Democratizing of data is something which I always feel is the only glue which will tie this thing through. While CIO can be the glue for some, some amount of uh, digital strategy, data can be the glue for bringing all the various silos in the organizations together. So for example, I gave you, I, I talked about that uh, example of how can you, let's say, improve the fulfillment experience for, for the consumer. Now for that, you need good amount of data to understand what is the customer looking for where are the touch points and believe me again there are research which are done and people have uh, kind of identified that organizations at this point of time use less than 10 percent of the organization data which means that 90 percent of the data is there but they either it is non-accessible or people don't have the skills to understand it and make sense out of it it has it is both the problems either it is not available or in, it is not available in the form for people to use it, or if, even if it is, it is there, the skills are not there in the organizations to understand and make meaningful out of it. So if you have a good digital strategy in place, I would make sure that to urge a very, very clear data-enabled decision-making as a, as, a, as a core principle needs to be enabled for each and every part of the organization. And CIOs uh, can actually play a very, very important role now let me let me put this very clearly and some 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 organizations may jump and say that let me build as chief data officer and that is the mistake that a lot of organizations have done and failed miserably don't ever do that because data is something which is so important for each and every individual will will a supply chain officer look at customer data absolutely absolutely will a uh, will a marketing manager look at fulfillment data absolutely until unless you democratize data rather than having a central data officer who then becomes another complexity in the whole maze, you are trying to bring everybody together with the glue of that data so that it is accessible, democratization of data, and then you are giving that to the giving that data and the power of the user so that they can make those decisions much faster and easier. Would you say? that the other departments where you want to see the changes be brought about, right? Whether people process technology. To technology, maybe you have some control over it. But about people and processes, you can at most be influencing 
those other departments. So do you think there is something uh, creative the CIOs can do so that their simplification agenda can actually be realized even though you are merely an influencer at the business department level? Yeah, and that is to me the biggest bottleneck as of uh, as of now uh, is the uh, at least in the old non-digital native enterprises uh, the awareness of digital and what digital uh, means uh, is is quite low and hence uh, your ability to let's say uh, i talked about uh, workforce transformation as, as a big pillar of digital transformation uh, that is not understood by most of the functional leaders be it marketing, be it uh, supply chain and finance, and to a large uh, to a large extent, and and that is why what is needed is when we try to do this digital transformation as, as an exercise. And I was reading some uh, report to say that uh, at least uh, it has started in the U.S. That at a board level, it, I'm not only talking about a CEO level. Yeah, at a, at a board level. At least there should be 30% representation of people who understand digital quite well. Yeah. And when I, and sometimes this, this is more uh, misunderstood and people believe that marketing is, is equal to digital as some people believe IT is equal to digital. It is not about that. It's all about the new way of doing business. And so if it starts right from there saying that at the board, if you have 30% representation of who understands digital quite well, it will then percolate down to people let's say at a CEO and a CXO level, and that is when you will, you will try to align more towards the digital agenda of the organization. And if you ask me what the CIO can do, now it is a golden opportunity. I think it is the best time for a CIO to rise up beyond the influencer role in this case and say that, look, guys, I can run this workforce transformation agenda or the digital workforce transformation agenda at an enterprise which was always the coveted responsibility of, let's say, a CHRO or a chief digital officer or, or things like that. So there are multiple ways uh, to uh, kind of skin the cat here. And there is no one way that can work in every, or every enterprise. My view is that bring in people, uh, leaders who understand digital. If that is not possible, there are opportunities for the technology leaders to scale up and drive that agenda across rather than just being an influencer and then watching things to happen in their own pace. Now, my one last question would be based on the premise that we are no longer in the same world. Like what you spoke about in terms of how you get things implemented, they are very well taken points. The thing which has changed around us is how pandemic shifted the way we work, the business models, the customer expectations, the employee expectations, the empathetic approach an employer needs to take for the people who are there, uh, the people to, to be attracted, the talent to be attracted and also retained, they have to take, change that approach. Which means what worked pre-pandemic in terms of the classic case of getting digital to be enabled in or embraced within an organization, some things ought to change, which means our approach, the way of thinking and even our leadership. So if I were to ask you, Piyush, if you and or your fellow CIO leaders had to build some new muscles to get the best outcome for all parties involved, not just for the business, 
but for the customers, for your partners, and for your people who all in some form or fashion, personally or professionally, have been impacted by the pandemic and other business forces and a geoeconomic and political forces. What would those new ways of thinking and new leadership ideas, traits, and muscles that needs to be developed for us to be effective going forward? Look, I think uh, the the ways of working have changed drastically for sure. Uh, it's it's more a cliche now, but uh, I think people are still grappling with how do you collaborate in the new environment. Yeah. Uh, one of the things uh, that has been brought to the forefront is there was a lot of waste, uh, the 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 waste in terms of uh, effort uh, which was there in in enterprises, and that is why you you suddenly see that people who have adopted this new way of working are automatically seeing uh, increase in productivity, increasing uh, kind of revenues and, and uh, reduction in cost, which means that this new style will continue. And because there is this significant benefit, but there are this must have uh, the, the, the haves and not haves, which are, which are brought to the front. And there are a lot of enterprises which are still kind of, are, are, are kind of in the middle path in which they are trying to figure out whether to go this way or whether to go this way. And that's why you see there are there are enterprises which have, which have gone ahead and said that, look, this is the new way of working and that will continue for a very long time. And uh, there are a few people who, uh, who have said that, no, we will still watch. We will uh, kind of understand what is, what is going on, how this will uh, adapt to it. And those are the kind of followers which, which, which will continue. To me, the biggest uh, way to look at it is work from anywhere is a reality. Yeah? Uh, I will not be surprised uh, if, if in uh, five, seven years, we will see enterprises in which they, they, they predominantly have uh, even uh, executives working from anywhere uh, without any physical collaboration in place, which is already happening with digital native companies, but uh, for large companies also, uh, this, will, this will start to happen. So in that context, how do you work on uh, strategies? How do you work on collaboration? How do you work on um, uh, new ideas? How do you work on innovation models? How do you disrupt? Uh, how do you look at disruption as, uh, as a challenge? Are something which are, which are quite intriguing. I don't think I have an answer to it. I'm also watching this space uh, as, uh, as many others uh, who are watching. But I believe that people will strive in the, in the future people who understand how to collaborate very well without being physically present in the, in the, in the place that they are. In. And to me, this might, this might sound very easy, but uh, it, is, it is not as easy as, as we would imagine and, uh, and research because we are still building uh, the after effects of pandemic is, is, is that we are still building on what was being done pre-pandemic. Yeah, uh, all, all it has happened is it has accelerated uh, those adoptions but we are still doing the same thing that we were doing earlier. Um, uh, and so I will still watch this space, how collaboration uh, uh, increases and how collaboration changes. I'll watch this space as to how delivery and execution models uh, keep on changing and evolving. And I will watch how the roles and responsibilities of people will keep on evolving and, uh, and kind of changing in the, in the days to come. Once again, thank you so much, Piyush, for sharing your insights about how CIOs can indeed work towards 
the business management, managing upwards, managing sideways, and managing downwards. Or in fact, instead of saying managing lead upwards, downwards, and sideways to truly become a simplifier. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure speaking to you, Sanjog. Thanks again. And listeners, please uh, like us on social media and subscribe to our podcast. Once again, thank you for listening to CTN. This is your host, Sanjog All. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>